0: All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, February 26th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton.
1: Yeah, I'm Pat. Clayton, uh, we got a weekend to go over here, but we've also got one of the biggest stories in Hollywood is the collapse of the Sony Spider-Verse, the superhero movies in decline. So we had to bring in the big guns. We had to bring in our cape expert. We had to bring in from the direct. From the the revived podcast, Cinema Spending, he's here, David Thompson. Welcome back to the BO Boys.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun diving into the Sony Spider-Man universe, which is its second iteration of a title, by the way, which they never use in marketing, but they just call it the Spider-Man universe, which is another kind of ploy to try to get people into butts and in seats. Really funny, Pat. You call me the Cape expert or something like that because Mm -hmm. I have been currently obsessing over what the Superman legacy Superman suit is going to look like come 2025 July 11th 2025 and I am just deep in the rabbit hole deep in the theories there is a logo that just recently dropped the leaked symbol of what it might look
1: like and gosh I just cannot wait for that film Uh, do you think there's any chance because these superhero movies are in such decline That James Gunn goes with an all Clark Kent Superman movie. No Superman. He's just like, people don't like these superheroes anymore, but let's give him just two hours of Clark Kent. Is there any possibility?
0: Not even Smallville. (laughs) Not even Smallville where he wasn't in the suit and he would do super stuff. He's just a reporter.
1: He's just a reporter. He's just a reporter. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a reporter trying to get a gig at one of these collapsing digital media uh, outlets. Is, is there <laughs> is there any chance that's James Gunn Superman movie?
2: <laughs> no. Uh, well, I, I will say the movie has cast several other superheroes in it, so okay. maybe there is something there. Maybe Clark is covering all those other heroes, and his Superman gig is on the back burner for now. I'm not. I'm not sure. And I'm you know they haven't started filming yet, so there's always time to tweak the script and mm-hmm. do something different because. We'll see. You know, maybe a big changes will happen if Deadpool 3 somehow doesn't perform great like everyone's expecting. That's that's really the big one, uh, obviously, this year. But in my opinion, in general, where like I know a little tug in cheek there with the Clark Kent thing, mm-hmm. I do think Deadpool 3, if it's not the great success that we're all expecting it to be or, or some of us are expecting it to be. There might be some moving and some shaking at WB, at Disney, at Sony. I, I guess.
1: Wow, wow! I so much writing, so much writing on Deadpool's quips and meta humor this summer. It's it's going to be fascinating to watch. So we're going to get into all that. We're going to get into this Madam Web stuff. But Clayton, could you start us off with a plow for the box office weekend of Friday, February twenty third.
0: Yes. Number one, again, Bob Marley, One Love, made $13.5 million, down 53%. It added 58 theaters. It's at $71.1 million in its second weekend of release. The new Demon Slayer movie from Crunchyroll made $11.5 million in only 1,949 theaters. It's at 11.5 in its first weekend. Number three, Ordinary Angels, Lionsgate, it says it's Lionsgate, but we know it's Angel Studios. Mm -hmm. $6.5 million in its first weekend of release. Here we go. Number four, Madam Webb made $6 million down 61%. No theater change. It's at $35.4 million in its second weekend. And number five, Migration made $3 million down 22%. It lost 21 theaters. It's at $120.4 million. In its 10th weekend of release. Now, I'm not going to go top 10 because I don't think we need to because we have a lot to talk about with David. But we do have to mention down here at number eight, Driveaway Dolls, $2.4 million in its first weekend release. That is less than Lisa
1: Frankenstein. Wow, that's stunning. Yeah. Yeah. That's stunning. Um. I mean, let's start with that then. Driveaway Dolls. Uh, David, what do you think happened here? This is half a Cohen movie. It's Ethan Cohen uh, making a movie that was a script that was in his drawer from the late 90s. I mean, we talked about on the last episode, briefly, me and Clayton, that this felt like such a faux Cohen brothers like rip-off from the 90s movie unless we haven't seen it but just in terms of the advertising and it's pretty clear by that 2.4 people did not want it people have i guess left the 90s finally i mean what do you think happened for this to go as low as it did yeah it was a surprising number when i saw that
2: i actually considered going to see it this weekend i didn't so maybe mm-hmm. that had something to do with it we part of, part of it was I only, like, I had to Google the trailer. I only saw the trailer once in a movie theater. I never saw it online, on TV, on like a Twitter or TikTok or Instagram, which now gets bombarded with ads and specifically movie trailers. Like, I mean, I specifically was bombarded with Madam Web marketing, Mm -hmm. specifically Mm -hmm. Sidney Sweeney, which I want to dive into when we talk about that. Oh, yeah. Anyone but you, Madam Web, it's just, it is a Sidney Sweeney. Mess, but also a beautiful mess. So, with this film, I just got there was no marketing for it. I don't think many people knew who was in it, what it was about, and if it was even coming out in theaters. And really, that shows with this performance. But even then, even with that lack of marketing, that's still a really, really rough number.
0: Well, and they even held it past the strike to promote so the actors could promote. And did you see these actors? anywhere nobody no, no. ate the wings exactly they probably nope. asked to eat the wings they said we will do five rounds we will eat these wings in the other end in order to get on your show and hot ones probably said no
1: oh wow you think hot ones turned down beanie feldstein that's what you're saying and right nothing
0: here. against beanie feldstein somebody who's who's i liked a lot of their work but i think there was just hey you know We've got uh, John Oliver lined up, or who I don't even know who the last Hot Ones guest was. I think it was somebody. Right. Hulk Hogan's coming on. Hulk Hogan's coming Quinta on. Quinta Brunson was just on there. Yeah. Quentin Qu- well, Brunson. Go. So, so here's the thing yeah. Quinta Brunson, um, great SNL host and a uh, big TV star. But this is a movie. Is and the, the movie, fact yeah. that you had a TV star eating the wings when there were movie people who could have ate the wings that shows you how little interest there was in this movie.
1: I mean, I yeah. think to David's point, I don't think focus features, uh, uh, put those calls together. Like I don't, I think focus features here was like, eat the wings for something else for a different project we'll work on together. I, it really feels like this is a movie they put out in theaters just so that more people will be aware of it when it plays on Peacock in three weeks. Mm-hmm. It, you know that? True. Yeah. It, it just feels like they totally punted on this. They didn't know how to sell it. You know, and, and it it does have that that late 90s, early 2000s feel that I don't know if people are too interested in right now. You know, wacky, yeah. e. Cohen's road, comedy, violence stuff. I I, I think... It's just a tone that's not in vibe anymore. But you you I mean, and you're you mentioned how and I'm looking forward to seeing this. I, I, yeah. I, I want to see it. You're
0: you you're talking about as if it is it seems like a Coen Brothers movie at all. I mean, it does seem more like you were saying last episode, those knockoff Tarantino movies. I mean, this looks like excess baggage. This looks like that. It looks level,
1: like that's baggage. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, you know, this is Silverstone, uh, Benicio do Toro, of course, the 1997 film, that sort of quality of movie. Yes. Uh, and not the Coen. I mean, the, the nothing the Coens have done has looked this poor mm-hmm. ever.
1: Yeah, it, it looks like. Do you remember? And, and you know, you're younger than us, David. But Clayton, you know, we're Gen X, so this would be for well, us. I'm
0: Gen X, so o- I'll definitely
1: get o- this. Overnight delivery. Reese Witherspoon, Paul Rudd. Of it course, it looks like yeah. that type of movie. 1998, yeah. prime. You know, us as teen Gen Xers going to see stuff.
0: You are a, a little young, probably couldn't of, see it. Too young.
1: It's that type of movie. People weren't interested in it, and it did less than Lisa Frankenstein, Demon Slayer. There was a new Demon Slayer a uh, movie this weekend. And, um, you know, it did better than Clayton. Me and you were given credit for on the weekend update. I mean, it did 11 and a half million this weekend. David, where are you on the whole anime beat? I know you're our Cape guy. You're the superhero expert. Um, yeah. does this opening weekend say about the current health of these anime films?
2: Oh, I love anime and theaters. I think it's awesome. I think that there has been a, a calling for it for many people. You know, a desire for these films, quote unquote, to be in theaters because really what Demons... I'm a Demon Slayer fan. I haven't seen the film yet. I probably will. But the reason why maybe I wouldn't, but I actually really want to and why some other people, like other fans, really want to, besides seeing it on the big screen, is that this is the first look into the next arc and the next season. So really all of these movies are are episodes from each season kind of crossing over and creating a bridge movie from season, in this case, three to four. And in anime, well, at least with Demon Slayer, it's each arc, like each kind of chapter of the story. So we're leading into now the fourth chapter. So it's actually a really cool thing, in my opinion. I'm not surprised by the numbers. I know a lot of people that are very interested, not only in anime, but going to check out these films actually on the big screen on like an mm-hmm. imac screen for instance I saw it was when they did the um Mugen Train uh film and a couple years ago is in 2021 right. that was a mm-hmm. that was a I think an, a pretty pretty good success yeah and that, it that, almost that was beat also. the
1: opening of Mortal Kombat that weekend
2: the yeah, classic and, weekend, yeah <laughs> yeah and that and that was like a lot of fun but that i believe was the first demon slayer anime to come to u.s theater specifically and obviously because of that now we've had a couple more but i think this is going to be a very relevant and continual um, thing in the u.s for animes to get these big releases especially Demon Slayer is very popular anime right now. It's it's a very hot anime. The manga was only finished in like 2020, so it's very new, very fresh and a lot of people are inter- interested in it.
0: Now, yep. that that echoes something that we got from wannabeo boy Marcus. He is our he is our uh anime expert and mm-hmm. he gives us boots on the ground and he was saying the same thing that the the reason this movie didn't open as big as say the uh Demon Slayer that opened Mugen Train. Mugen Train that opened in April 2021 to so 21 yeah. million dollars. That was an original full length animation, and this is a compilation, right? So that's why these yeah. are not doing as well. But 11 million dollars for a compilation of episodes is great. And his take yeah. on this is the reason why we're we're seeing these release is not doing as well as the that some of the dragon ball ones and the this uh demon slayer is because the ips that are really sort of uh big in the u.s are very limited so you're getting these big names that are opening really big until these other ips sort of cross over into the general population you're not going to get necessarily huge uh, anime openings you know what i mean yeah And so he mentioned Chainsaw Man. Are you familiar with Chainsaw Man?
2: I'm familiar with it. I've never seen it, but I, I know what it is.
0: Yes. Yeah, so it's being produced, no release date, but he's saying this is the best hope coming for something to open to over 20 million. Uh, Interesting. Coming yeah. So, so it's the thing is like, this is, this is a beginning stage. I mean, I've, I've touted adult animation as the future, right? I said the way forward with Harry Potter is adult animation. I still believe that even though they're trying to get a show together on WB, um, WB, I mean, you know, max or whatever. Right. I think that's the wave of the future. Young people are raised on adult animation and not a, adult animation in the sense of like Andy Samberg wants a paycheck. So he's going to voice a, a a comedy on Fox. That's <laughs> yeah. that's the bad adult animation. I'm talking right. about animation for adults in the right. sense of and uh, Fritz
1: the cat. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for, yeah of course. Fritz the cat. You I mean that that used to be adult anime. You know, I have my VHS copy that I inherited from my dad like we all did, you know, right of passage.
1: Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the next time Demon Slayer opens a proper, completely new film, you know, that's not TV compilations. Hey, maybe that opens to 25, 26, you know, yeah. the, the fact that these TV episodes could do 11, 12 million dollars.
2: Yeah, I think also if they were like that was. In a way, there was a lot of hype leading into that one as well, where that followed the first season, I believe. Yeah, it did. It followed the first season. So it was it was very fresh, very hot. Now we're kind of, you know, in the midst of it. What if they were to do this with, like, the finale? The final couple right. of chapters. The final, like, say they basically do the final season, say it's season, like, five or six, I think is the rumor, based on the manga, because they basically do it, like, one for one. It's really cool if you're really into... Um, the art and the style and the story but imagine they you know are releasing that final season you know week by week and then suddenly they're like hey the last six episodes are gonna be a film and you have to go to a theater to see it that I think could kill it if they go that direction history says they won't but I think that would be so cool and I I know I would be there
1: Mm -hmm. so let's talk about let's move from anime and let's move to Jesus and talk about ordinary angels although no Jesus in title means a, a much smaller opening weekend than we had a year ago for the Jesus revolution. So hmm. ordinary angels, the new Lionsgate religious film, and it opened up number three, did 6.5 million. You know, I guess on the low end of some of these religious dramas that we get. So how come Hillary Swank just couldn't, uh uh bring in the big bucks You couldn't get to double digits also the lead actor from the reacher series alan Richson, this was his you know first big cash in after sort of making it big on that on that tv show
0: he was in fast x my friend
1: he he was in fast x but more as a setup to what he's going to do in fast x i i would say okay um, but you know, this is, listen, he's the, he's the main guy in this. He's, he's first billed in this movie. So I would have thought he would have meant more. I would have thought Reacher would have had well, Pat, a little bit.
0: I was unaware of this and okay. it, this is my job to know these things. So why then would general public know
1: that Jack, uh, Jack Reacher is in this film, but it doesn't matter if, you know, it matters if. The people in the pews know. and I would assume they knew. I would assume that the people in the pews, the people who ride the church buses from the church to the theater, knew, and they didn't seem to care as much as you would maybe have thought. I wonder if w- on
2: with the pews, I wonder if those people that like go out to all these religious movies, I wonder if they really care who's in it, you know? like okay. I, I'm not sure if that's I, I'm not sure stars really sell so much because. Really, I think a problem with this movie is that it is competing up against what has been a really cool movement with the chosen releases, which is totally Mm -hmm. kind of an original idea. And that is getting that audience 1000%. I know for a fact. And that's been this like sliced up thing. You're getting episodes in theaters and everyone's getting really excited about that. And it's being promoted at churches across the entire United States. So I don't think they had the same energy. Um, for Ordinary Angels. And I I question their decision making for this release date. Why not? I don't know what's releasing around Easter. This mm-hmm. seemed like an Easter win for me. Put it, yeah. put it somewhere around Easter. Maybe there is something else. Uh, Faith based that's around Easter. But this seems like a really bad time to release this movie. Especially with The Chosen still playing in theaters. And right. people. St- the same audience. Wanting to go see that, and I, I believe it's the culmination, uh, th- it's the end of the theatrical run. The current episodes that are in theaters are for that, which mm-hmm. maybe pulled more people away. Generally, um, I think this will end up being a streaming success. Uh, wherever it ends up on streaming, oh. um, it'll definitely do dynamite over there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is a great point, is that the, the amount of things that the preacher could uh, mention at the end of the sermon is limited. You know, because you've got to to give thanks, you've got to give praise, you've got to, you know, uh, say we feel bad for the people who died last week, whatever. And then you can maybe only mention one movie that you want everyone in the pews to know about. And the preachers, maybe they only did mention, hey, and, you know, now that we've given praise, given thanks, chosen season four, episodes four through six are in theaters now. All right. And now I got to go so that that might have been what happened. The preachers didn't have enough time to mention Ordinary Angels now in theaters everywhere.
2: And I think Angel Studios specifically has them, you know, kind of in their back pocket, quote unquote, where it's like anything that is distributed by Angel Studios now is seen by the community as, hey, let's go support this. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm completely blanking on the free. uh, What was it? Um, Sound of Freedom over the summer. So yeah. in the post Sound of Freedom world, Angel Studios I think can do no wrong, and it, from a film a, a you know a film studio perspective, great for them you know because right. now they have that kind of cachet I guess in the community where it's like all right anything they release we should go support this because Angel Studios I've written about this for the Direct a little bit um from time to time just talking about some of their releases we've read, we've written about the Chosen a lot a lot of readers are very interested. It's so interesting to me their their set up and their situation and how they sell things and how they um have their website set up and how this pay it forward method, mm-hmm. you know, it, we, we you guys went over like the sound of freedom kind of controversy I would suppose where it's like are all these theaters being sold out and no one's actually in them and no one really got to the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. Um and you wonder how much that continues but if you think about that, the fact that there could have been all these theaters sold out from just random people just donating money. I feel like they own, they, they they have carved out that studio so much of that community. And if it's not from Angel Studios, there could even be some that question it. And like you said, don't mention it at the end of the sermon.
1: Right, right. Yeah, It's it's Angel Studios is 2010's marvel mcu and all these other competitors (laughs) are the sony we'll get into it are the sony spider i
0: I think it's more like they're the church bus a24 it feels like Uh, angel studios that's not what i feel like yeah Uh, and they have a movie called cabrini coming out march 8th i believe so not super close to to easter but pat st francis cabrini he is a Mm -hmm. fellow Italiano, Italian, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah he's yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah,
0: will you see that? Um, will you see that to represent
1: to represent Italians? Uh, maybe. I mean, is it? A, it's a religious film. It's not a gangster flick.
0: Well, he deals with criminals. Oh, okay. I mean, ha- right. how could he not? Because I mean, you're you're allowed to speak on this, not me. Actually, I yes, yes. We we
1: them. yeah we we all at some point or another have to put someone in a trunk. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a rite of passage. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point though, about angel studios right now has the street cred. Maybe you're right. Clayton, maybe it's more of an a 24 thing. They sell the merch and ordinary angels, uh, you know, Hillary Swank. She's got two Oscars. Great to have her in your movie, but she's not going to do like Jim Caviezel. And after the movie, hold up a QR code, you know, two Oscars. She forgot to thank her husband both times. Sure. But she's got the two Oscars. And she's not going to do stuff like that. But that's the kind of thing that gets people to buy tickets. You know, you got to hold up the QR code at the end of a movie and say, this is part of your mission is to buy someone else a ticket. And she mm-hmm. didn't do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that movie, hey, but listen, it sold six and a half million dollars worth of tickets. So the theater owners are happy because Drive Away dolls didn't do that. And uh, Madam Webb didn't do that. Ordinary Angels. Finished ahead of the second weekend of Madam Web. Guys, I think we got to get into this because, you know, this this is, I mean, listen, we want David here to talk about everything, but this is his specialty right here. David, you brought back your podcast, The Great Cinema Spending. You recently devoted an entire episode to the Madam Web fiasco, the Sony Spider-Verse fiasco. Um, Give us your take, first of all. Madam Web has bombed. It is officially fully bombed this hold the second weekend, the drop wasn't Morbius drop, but also it opened so low that you can't even give, you know, any credit that it only dropped 60%. Um, just talk to us. What happened with Madam Webb? Why was this so thoroughly rejected?
2: Well, there's a few things that, um, tie into this and I have a lot to say and kind of discuss, um, on that episode of Cinema Spending, you know, a lot of it was basically talking about Sony and their plan going forward. And it just it it's not adding up. It's not working. Mm-hmm. I think in 2018, Venom really set this whole studio, this whole department up for failure because it's really hard to compare a character like Venom, who is a mainstay Spider-Man villain who has a ton of independent individual popularity and that was shown in theaters. Madam Web <laughs> like just taking a step back the development of Madam Web. Sony's whole strategy is to take an obscure character basically. Madam Web is very obscure. I'm a mm-hmm. I am a massive Spider-Man fan. Madam Web is an obscure ass character. Like mm-hmm. you have had to have read several Spider-Verse specific comics to know who Madam Webb is, why she matters, how she's important. That being said, Sony decided, hey, we're going to use all these spin-off characters, good, bad, you know, anti-hero, whatever. And we're going to, you know, get big names to portray them. And let's see if that sells. Let's see if that works. And Madam Web, of course, didn't work. And fundamentally, I, I believe if you just take a step back and I've been thinking about this the last like few days, it's just crazy to me. You would never see take DC, right? Mm-hmm. They had the Joker movie. Massive success because Joker has that. It was I thought it was a really good movie. It was very controversial, divisive, and just interesting right. um, and a great performance. And with that being said, but that that is a character who is beloved, well-known, has that independent fandom to it. Not only does Madam Web not have that, th- there is zero of that. Um, you would never see DC, for example, or Marvel Studios. But let's take DC, for example you would never see them make a Lex Luthor movie. Now, Lex Luthor is a very, very popular villain. Yes. Because they own all of DC, they would never in their wildest dreams make a independent Lex Luthor movie where you don't mention Superman. You just beat bop around the idea of Clark Kent and you meet his mother and that's it. Right. But because Sony only owns the rights to these characters, they're having to release this garbage in theaters. And I say having because apparently that's what that's what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. They decided, hey, we're going to play nice with Tom Holland at Disney. But then when we release our own live action stuff, it's going to be straight trash and there's nothing you can do about it. We're not even going to care. Me and Matt Rimke, my co-host over at the direct podcast, when we reviewed the I hated the movie, I loathe the movie. I thought it was despicable. Um, wow! As, as a Spider-Man fan, like it, it is offensive as a fan. It it, it makes my blood boil. So I'm happy. Oh, it's man. I'm happy. It's dying, and I hope the whole universe dies. With that being said, Matt's point on the podcast, his like main opening remarks on his review were how the studio and the creators clearly didn't care about the movie, and you could tell immediately there was this ADR, these rough cuts, like the editing was just lazy. And it is terrible to think that in a time when an MCU movie, The Marvels, which is a not even the best in the bottom half of MCU movies in terms of quality, miles better than Madam Web, bombs, essentially, is the lowest earning Marvel Studios movie ever. And now, for general audiences, we get the double down hammer of a... The worst comic movie I've ever seen. And it is such a shame because Sony should be trying to generate hype and build the value of these characters and of Spider Man. Because let's get one thing clear. In my opinion, these spin off films are, are officially Morbius, Madam Webb, even Venom. They are lessening the value of their IP and lessening wow. the value of owning Spider Man which this should be doing the opposite of that. In mm-hmm. 2018, it was, and that was the mistake. The mistake was seeing Venom and being like, oh, we can do this with everyone. We mm-hmm. can do this with everything. Let, let's dig through the comics, find some characters, and let's do it. Craven's gonna suck, Venom 3's gonna suck, and I hope the Sony Spider-Man universe dies by the end of 2024.
1: Wow, pa- th- that was powerful stuff. We talked about I'm tickled. preachers earlier. Th- there's a preacher right there. Give this, yes. give this man an auditorium and just let him go off. Yeah, talk uh, about let him preach. Fire and brimstone. My goodness. Wow, I, I mean, i incredible. I so I, much to unpack there. I love that I'm not the person
0: saying this. I love that this is coming from. A true fan, because right,
1: listen, an expert. You yeah. know
0: this. I'm not a fan of superhero movies, and sometimes I do let my bias get in the way of you know of my opinions, and 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 that's that's wrong. But when you have our cape expert going mm-hmm. off and saying that this Spider-Man universe needs to die, needs to die, yeah, that is damning stuff, and that is yeah. something that Sony should be listening to because I think you speak for the real fans you speak for the moviegoers you speak for the people who plunk down their hard-earned money to buy tickets to these films
2: yeah and the thing is too like I'm a big Spider-Man fan and and I and I really wanted this movie to be good like that's the thing like you, you said Clayton like you go in you you have that bias kind of a little bit going in or just in general discussing these topics I was on the opposite end like Six months ago, I saw the trailer and I was trying to buy into it. I was trying to generate hype myself. Being like, this is going to be a good one. Morbius sucked. And, and Madam Webb is worse than Morbius. Mm, That's the craziest wow. part. Like, Morbius was so bad and so hated, but Madam Webb is an even worse movie. So, box office wise, of course, it flopped because uh, all the reasons I already discussed, but the quality of the film was also terrible. The word of mouth, Weekend 2, we're looking at. It's horrific. Like, I mean, no, no one wants to see this movie. I don't even think this movie has any real potential on streaming because it's not an enjoyable movie to watch. There's, there's nothing like what's crazy about it. Um, with me being a fan and wanting the movie to be good, like I told people on my Twitter, like after I saw, like don't go see it. Just, just don't go see it. Oh, I want obviously for for your own sake, for your own money, for your own enjoyment. Like it made me mad as a Spider Man fan. I wanted it to not succeed um and it's just such a shame because there's so many t- it, because I'm the same guy who is going to be so buzzing with excitement for Deadpool 3 mm-hmm. but with Madam mm-hmm. Web it's hurting the brand like I, and mm-hmm. I know that like I'm not you know I'm not one of these fans that just like glasses always you know half full I I see it for what it is and not only is Sony kind of killing itself but you saw Marvel Studios Super Bowl Sunday released Deadpool 3, Valentine's Day, the day Madam Web releases in theaters, it announces its fantastic forecast. One of the biggest casting announcements we've been waiting for for like half a decade at this point. Mm-hmm. And the X-Men 97 trailer gets released for Disney Plus. Like Marvel Studios was basically knew how bad Madam Web was and was trying to cover up all of its wrongdoings and just play PR for an entirely different film studio. So it's really a mess. And that goes back to what I said earlier at the beginning of the podcast where, I mean, I'm looking forward to Superman Legacy. There's 2025 has so much promise at at, mm-hmm. at the theaters in general, right? Outside of superhero movies, but a lot of superhero movies are releasing in 2025. And it's hard for me to sit here in February 2024 and think those are all gonna be surefire hits because right. many people see in association with Marvel think that's Marvel, see Madam Web, see a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes for a Marvel movie and think, you know, I didn't, I skipped the Marvels. Marvel's dead, right? Comic movies are dead. So it's a long road ahead. It's going to be interesting.
1: David, you talk about that confusion for fans. You know, they see an association with Marvel Studios with Madam Web and they think, well, Marvel must be terrible. That happened to the supposedly the lead actress in madam web dakota johnson there's a rumor out there that she thought she was signed up for a proper mcu disney marvel movie yeah when in fact she had signed up for the sony spider verse uh, uh universe and you know she fired her agents when the trailer dropped and listen she doesn't get off easy because, I mean, you could tell. So I've heard this is a terrible performance. She obviously is very checked out in the promotion of this. But the actors don't know anymore what they're in when they do these Sony movies. And you're going to have that lack of trust. And obviously, money trumps everything. You give them a big pay- paycheck, they'll be in these movies. But it does seem like this is becoming a thing where actors are going to be very hesitant to be in these types of movies anymore because they don't know what they're signing up for and the quality is so bad and the reputation is becoming so damning.
2: Yeah, I mean, the rumor is that they they backed up the money truck for Pedro Pascal for him to become Mr. Fantastic um, am- amongst all of this. And, you know, there was a photo last night at the sag After Awards where it was after Pedro won for Last of Us and it was an image of him standing up in shock and there was... um rdj clapping in the background mm-hmm. looking at him and uh us comic book fans were like this is amazing because it's like kind of a passing of the torch kind of a look because that's the expectation for a Pedro Pascal joining the MCU like that he's right. going to be the new kind of face and leader as mm-hmm. Reed Richards and you're right because I think with Fantastic Four like that, that's a great um point with casting because It seemed to take so long to nail that casting. Like there were so many rumors, so many ideas. Like apparently, it was offered to a lot of different. I mean, Adam Driver was involved. Margot Robbie for Sue Storm was was previously involved. Um, There was a whole you know carousel for Human Torch, Johnny Storm, and we're gonna see that in the future. Like they have a lot of people locked up already. You know, Marvel's all about continuity and continuation, but for new heroes and new characters. I agree. Um I mean I- I'm happy for Timothy Chalamet being in Dune, not being in Marvel. Yep. Which is crazy for me to say <laughs> because I love Marvel, but I'm kind of happier for him that he's in Dune because now that gets to be his own sci-fi thing that he kind of owns right now.
1: Yeah. I mean when you talk about Dune 2, I wonder if during the filming of that or or right now during the promotional tour if Timothy Chalamet is 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 helping to console Florence Pugh who is about to have to go film this Thunderbolts movie, a movie that she clearly is trying to get out of, <laughs> you know, when asked about it, she said, maybe it won't happen. She was basically wish casting into the universe that they would just, just scrap this movie. And now she has to do it. And I'm sure Chalamet is like, you'll get through it. People could get through a lot. You know, they're relaying stories to her of relatives who've gotten through illnesses like that is how now you get, these young stars through having to do a superhero movie now. And, and it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a d- different world than it was a few years ago with these movies.
0: Can we take a step back real quick and get mm-hmm. back to the RDJ topic, a soon to be Oscar winner. I mean, I think after SAG, we're feeling this is yeah. in the bag for him. So <laughs> it's a doink. yeah, sweeping. It's, a, it's, Crazy. it's a slam doink. Now, we got an email a few days ago from wannabe old boy Ryan. And Ryan, the title is Clarification on Robert Downey Jr. and Marvel. And so I'm going to just summarize this. Sorry, Ryan, but I think uh, it can be summarized in the sense that we have said on this show that RDJ is going around town and talking junk crap, if you will, on Marvel. Saying mm-hmm. that he's glad he's out, he got pulled out by Nolan. There seems to be a confusion as to whether he's actually talking shit about Marvel, really. These quotes are out of context. He's also saying it's some of the best work he's ever done at other places. What is your take? Because I'm assuming, being the Capes guy, even though he doesn't have a cape, Iron Man was a big character for you, linchpin of the Marvel universe. RDJ, probably a guy close to your heart because of what he did for superhero movies in general. Do you think he is separating himself from that? Is he making fun of it? What is your take on his Oscar trail where he's been talking about Marvel?
2: I don't think he's making fun of it. I do think it is interesting, the quotes, where he he kind of does, he totally thinks that um, this whole... Award season and obviously from his performance in Oppenheimer and him winning all these awards, he does I genuinely think he thinks it is a makeup call in many ways, because that quote stuck out to me the second one you mentioned, where he feels like some of his best work was in Marvel, but because of the genre, it was never properly noticed or acclaimed. And I tend to agree because RDJ I mean, not only was he the linchpin as Iron Man, but every time he popped on screen, he just owns—he just owns the screen, you know. Like he is the most captivating character, and they've—they've they've definitely lost that. And you can't just replicate it, you know. I mean, there's so many people. There was a recent uh, Hollywood Reporter article with a lot of updates on Marvel and the Kang Dynasty is no longer called the Kang Dynasty, so Avengers mm-hmm. Five is up in the air and a mess. Um, but what's new? So, with that being said, they were also mentioned, like. They're trying to find replacements for RDJ and Chris Evans and it's not going to happen like that to how this whole whole thing began. Pedro Pascal, I think it's supposed to be a part of that answer. but with RDJ, I think it's simply put, he's very proud of the work he did over there. I think he I think he's very egotistical about how he was Marvel and I do think some of that might leak out where it's like, look at him now. You know, look, look at him now Um, and not 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 as necessarily a jab, but more of a trying to boost his self up, trying to boast himself being like, hey, like, look at Marvel now. You know, like I was the man and he was like and they, Mm -hmm. they used him as that tool like 2013, 2013, almost 11 years ago now was his last solo Iron Man movie. And he was placed strategically in all these different spots avengers captain america spider-man more avengers like he was the linchpin to it all and it wasn't even it was just through cinematic universe-ness right it wasn't even through individual movies and yet if you saw captain america civil war spider-man spider homecoming to an extent he's smaller role infinity war endgame rdj is the one Right. RDJ Mm -hmm. would be the only one in that group that would necessarily deserve a quote unquote Oscar, right? Or an award for his acting ability in any of those movies. So I think he deserves his flowers. I'm happy he's going to win the Oscar. And you didn't ask this question, but will he come back? I was, I think, I was
0: going (laughs) to. You're right there. You're right there.
2: (laughs) I I think, before I would say no, I, I think because they had more confidence in their future storytelling. But at this point, I could see them for an Avengers movie trying to get him back in some form or fashion, trying to replicate some of that No Way Home hype and juice where it's like, Mm -hmm. we never say he's coming back, but but he's coming back. Right. And then all of a sudden, the whole theater erupts in 2020. Eight, or whenever that movie releases
0: but so right. ryan ryan in his email said he doesn't think this is going to happen because marvel is smart enough kevin feige is smart enough to know that endgame was such a poignant huge way to let that character go and to celebrate that character and to sacrifice that character in a meaningful way that he doesn't believe that they'll mess it up and bring him back my thing is I disagree with that. And I I, I oh. love that Ryan, I love that Ryan has that hope and really believes in mm. storytelling because that's very important. Storytelling is very important to us. But when we're talking money and bottom line, an entire genre on the line, they will give him a billion dollars to come back if they think they can get that quick pop. And yeah. that's all it's gonna be though, because if you do bring him back in a Marvel movie in any capacity, Even if it's a joke in Deadpool, it does lessen even more so the stakes of these movies to such a degree that you can never be emotionally invested ever again because anybody can come back and nothing matters. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I... Look, I,
2: I agree. I, I wish I didn't agree. I, I wish I agree. Ryan. Yeah. I, want to be I, to I Ryan. wish I agreed. To, I wish I was with Ryan on this one, Um, mm-hmm. but I'm with you at this point. I, I really am because you're right. Bottom line, business wise, I think Feige is smart enough, but it, he's standing on an uneasy and uncertain ground right now. He's not like it, we're in a world where an Avengers five could kind of flop, mm-hmm. you know? Like that and that is wow. a, that is a crazy thing to say, but it's true. Like I am very confident, you know, in terms of the future of the MCU. I am optimistic. I am confident. I think 2024 is an awesome reset year and then 2025 we keep moving. But the movies have to be good, right? If they keep producing lackluster films, it's going to fizzle out. I mean, there's really no two ways about it. That's just how it goes. So if they do continue to make quality films and you see a clear direction moving forward, then maybe they don't bring him back. Because I do think if they were to ever bring him back, it would be a cameo appearance. It, w- it would not be um, in some like massive way. Like I said, it, it would be like Garfield McGuire coming back for No Way Home, where he plays a part, but he's not in any of the marketing, and it's a ma- and it's a- and it's one of those massive surprises. But if I'm being honest, though, like look out with Deadpool three. And Avengers movies moving forward, their big cameos seem like they're gonna all be possibly the Spider-Man coming back and also just the Hugh Jackmans of the world, the Fox mm. universe, the mm-hmm. X-Men, those pre those old X-Men, they're the ones they're gonna try to reel back in and use the nostalgia bait
1: to get butts in seats. Right. Ben Affleck is dare uh Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah. No, uh yeah. Jennifer Gardner as Elektra is a lecturer, as apparently in Deadpool 3. Oh wow. All right. Well, listen, I I I Deadpool three has so much riding on it. And just, uh, you know, before we're going to get to anyone, but you, cause for the listeners, we're finally divvying up the millions. We'll be doing that in a minute, but I just want to get back to the spider verse predictions that you had, because I thought those were some bombs that you dropped on us that you think Craven, the hunter is going to bomb. Obviously that's going to bomb, but you also think that venom three is going to bomb this year. Can you talk about that cuz the first two, I mean the first one was a gigantic sensation, the second one came out Fall of 21, you know, still people not quite going back to theaters and that opened to 90 billion in Covid times. Yeah. Why do you think Venom 3? Cuz Tom Hardy is still playing Venom, right? They haven't Yeah. passed it off to anyone. Is, is it just that the madam web morbius stink is so so vile that it's going to affect Venom 3?
2: It's definitely a possibility. Um, I did say I thought Venom 3 would suck, which was kind of okay. more of an objective. Like, I think it's going to be a bad movie. Yep. But Got it. box office wise, I could still do. That's going to be the biggest success for sure. Because <laughs> there there is love for that franchise. I mean, Let There Be Carnage still did pretty good con- considering when it was released and um, that whole climate. Obviously, it was the lead up to No Way Home that helped a little bit with that. Um, but that was a worse movie than the first one. So the whole trajectory is just on the downward slope. Craven is an X factor. It's an R rated movie, um, so that's like a that's a kind of a blind side, a left turn, which is making it this year very fascinating. Deadpool three, Craven, Joker, all R rated comic book mm-hmm. movies hitting theaters. So that would be a very interesting kind of tell as to what people are interested in. Venom three could even go that far if they wanted to. They probably won't though because of that kind of more general, broader audience. Um, I. Venom three, by all accounts, is going to be the last Venom movie. So okay. in a way, unless it makes like, unless it makes more than the first one, and they they demand a fourth one is made, and that like you said, that you know they bring the money, uh, the to Tom Hardy's house, that's going to be the end. So kind of my point was with that to clarify, is I think the movies are going to suck. I think God. Venom three is going to make more than Let There Be Carnage, but like it'll be it'll be in that neighborhood. Okay. Um, And it might make less. I think it'll be in that neighborhood, though. I think it will be somewhat of a success. And I think the problem is, if Venom 3 is actually the final Venom movie, what are you left with? (laughs) Right. Right. You're not making Morbius 2. You're not making Madame Web 2. And you're probably not making The Craven the Hunter 2. And that would be the end. And I think, in a way, if Venom 1 brought this shitty universe into the Earth and Venom 3 left us that that's fine with everyone. Can,
1: can I ask you cuz we're going to talk a lot of Sydney Sweeney in a minute we're going to divvy up the millions for anyone but you. Yes. Sydney Sweeney in Madam Web. She plays a character that someday, you know, at the pace this movie went, 3 movies later she'll eventually be Spider-Girl, right? Is that is that <laughs> am I correct? She's she is the future Spider-Girl. Why didn't Sony just make a spider girl movie titled spider girl. Doesn't that seem more commercial than madam web, which I'm not a comic book guy, but what I've heard is madam web is an old late, a a blind old lady in a wheelchair. Is that the comic book incarnation of her? Mm -hmm. Why did they choose madam web and not just Sydney Sweeney in the spandex as spider girl?
2: (sighs) it it, it's truly baffling. Like, I don't have it. I don't have a clear answer. I I don't know why I could see why they wouldn't want to make a spider girl movie. Um, but I don't know why they tried to make a Madam web movie then into a spider girl movie. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the thing where in the film, you don't, it's not actually a spider girl movie. There's several spider girls or spider women, but they're, they're girls. They're teenagers in the film. And they're projected to basically be these heroes. So it's it's really odd. I mean, the story itself is really odd. And I think what they saw was. Here we go. I mean, this is the thing. It is it is another example, what I'm about to say, of being too reactionary to what's hot. What is Madam Web? She's very multiversal. She has a lot to do with the multiverse. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think in the initial drafts, the movie ends up not being multiversal at all. Nothing to do with the multiverse. Because Madame Webb in many ways, I mean, she like kind of take the name for what it is. She kind of uh she has these like she's you know, wheelchair blind. So what are her, her abilities? All like psychedelic and kind of um she can kind of uh communicate with other spider people in different universes. None mm-hmm. of that in the movie, but I think in early drafts, that was part of it. And there was a connection to Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield and there was something there because you know in Morbius there is a post-credit scene that's that has the multiverse involved from no way home and we got Michael Keaton mm-hmm. and it's terrible <laughs> and it makes no sense but I do think with Madam Webb in like the origins of it they thought hey this could be a clever idea um, what what is weird though Pat is that they avoid they avoid so much saying terms. Like Spider Man, Spider Girl, Spider Woman, and it's it's baffling to me. It's truly baffling. It's like when um the MCU had Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, and they couldn't say mutant. Mm -hmm. They didn't own the Mm -hmm. rights to mutant. Sony owns the rights to everything. (laughs) Like why are they not saying you know like because the villain Ezekiel Sims, I mean Sydney, I think it's Sydney Sweeney's character actually looks at him like climbing on the wall. And she's like, he looks like a spider person, and it's like he looks like a spider what? man. But you're not gonna say that because he's not Spider
0: Man. It's just, it's it's baffling. Uh, well, it I is. think it makes some sense. That's a reference to our show, I think, because uh, we do the person <laughs> yes. thing. I think that's what that was. There <laughs> be right. oh boy, listeners. Now I feel like, and I don't know if this was still the plan, David. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because. In the when they did the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man movies, those were supposed to all kind of culminate, not culminate, but it was going to be a Sinister Six movie. And I think that was the plan with this, again, was have everybody do their independent movie. You bring in Vulture from the other universe, Michael Keaton, Great Man, Pittsburgher, Yinzer, and he would join this Sinister Six, and that would be the end game. So after... Venom 3, and after Morbius, and after Madam Webb, and after you had Craven, you would have the Sinister Six movie with all these actors in it. It would be the anti Avengers, it'd be the villain Avengers, and then you get Spider Man to fight them. Yeah, that was the end game here, and that cannot happen at this point, right? No, I don't see that happening at this point. The the
2: one I would say caveat is that we really don't know what's happening with Spider-Man Four with Tom Holland. And until that's confirmed, all bets are off because in 2019, Sony and Disney weren't playing well again. And Tom Holland was heading back to Sony and it was a disaster. Obviously, it got reversed. We got No Way Home. It was awesome. Box office success is going to be studied for decades. Um, Really unbelievable for the times that it was at. With that being said, if that if they aren't, it would, rumor is by the way they're not they're not uh getting along right now. That their vision for Spider Man Four is off, which is not surprising based on their recent decisions. And we wonder who's who who the fans would choose, right? I think we'd all would choose Foggy's idea. Um, but with that being said, that's been their problem, right? When it was the Avengers, they were trying to make their own with Andrew Garfield. When it's multiverse, we have now Madame Webb and the Morbius post credit scene. They have no individual creative ability. Like, I honestly think the first Venom, that was that was its own thing. Like that was just trying to be a spin-off Venom movie. And they did what they could. It wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. It, it wasn't one of those things. Like people liked it. You know, Venom fans enjoyed it. Venom looked pretty good. And he was he was vicious too. He wasn't like Spider-Man 3 um you know venom so I just think Sony has no real creative vision and because of that because of how reactionary they are it's just coming back to bite them in the ass at the end of the day and, and I think this might be the end of it. I don't I don't know what they do. I doubt they ever sell the rights, but I, I do think in a way at at the end of 2024, if, if things keep going south, that could be a discussion just because of the lessened brand. I, I do think the, the brand is officially lessened the only giant caveat to all of this, once again, is the Spider Verse movies. The Sony Sony Pictures Animation, totally yeah. different story. You know, th- those are incredible movies by incredibly creative people that know and love and care about the characters and care about the lore, and that's multiversal too. It's just it's baffling to see how well those animated movies are doing, and just how poorly um ideated and just executed the live action films are
1: and uh you know you talked about the stink of madam web and and we've talked about that a lot spider verse 2 is up for an oscar in a few weeks for best animated film yeah.
2: Could
1: could madam web be the Norbit to that movie, you know, Norbert famously was the movie that tanked Eddie Murphy's chance to win an Oscar for Dreamgirls because people <laughs> just couldn't stomach giving an Oscar to the guy who's currently in Norbit. Do you that's think so Oscar funny. voters right now are thinking, how do we give the Sony Spider-Verse an Oscar when right now they've got Madam Web out there? I, I think that's a factor. If you're a voter, Madam Web is the Norbit of this year. So so we'll see if that happens. I think if that movie doesn't win best picture, best animated picture, uh, it, it's on Madam Web.
2: Totally. I mean, totally possible. I, I think it might win. Um, I'd be stoked if it won. I think the boy and the heron is is has the next uh, next best odds. And I wouldn't be surprising if that one either. So um, we'll see. But I I will happily blame Madam Web for all of my issues. I have no no problem with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, it's a good out for everyone right now. You know, well, you go to a therapist's office and, and they're trying to figure out your psyche, and you just say, you know what? Ma- I did it because of Madame Webb. Mm-hmm. That that's why I'm acting this way. That's why my marriage is falling apart, so on and so <laughs>
0: forth.
1: Um, let's get into it, guys. This is one of the 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 most favorite segments in BO boys history. We're divvying up the millions on a hit. And we've been saying for a while, we got to do this. Anyone but you is crossing 200 million internationally as we speak. Deadline is reporting and it's happening. So let's use 200 million as our number. Nice, clean number. And we're going to give credit and money where money is due. So that's how we do it on this segment. We take a movie's box office hall and we divvy it up amongst the parties that we feel contributed to that haul. So let's start off by naming who we think is going to deserve something, and then we'll get into how much they get. So, I mean, the star is Sydney Sweeney, Glenn Powell, um, the director, Will Gluck, I think, is someone we throw on that list. Are there any other cast members from anyone but you actors who we think deserve some cash from this? You know, do we think that Dermot Mulrooney, who plays one of the parents in this movie. Do you think he deserves some cash? Should we throw him on the list here?
0: Now you just saw this, Pat, you are fresh. I did. Af- of seeing I saw
1: this. It two nights ago. I, I'm just, I finally saw this film. Yeah.
0: And you watched the, this was the PVOD version. Is it the yes. porno version? Did it have I, the V day? Uh, you, you didn't know. Cause you didn't, you didn't see it in theaters.
1: I never saw the original. I didn't see this in theaters, and I definitely don't think the version I saw included four minutes of extra porno. So I I don't think that (laughs) version's on PVOD. So we don't know yet what the extra four minutes are and how pornographic they are.
0: I would say, though, we have to add, and and we're not talking cast, but the four to five extra minutes of porno has to be thrown in there for the cash. Yes,
1: that's a factor. Um. Just staying on the cast. I don't have anyone. I don't have any actors or actresses
2: in the movie. I, I don't think anyone else sold any amount of tickets in this film. For this,
1: okay, film, uh, not Rachel Griffiths, not Brian Brown. Of course, the, the great cocktail actor who's back on the big screen here. The only, I, I agree. I think it's. I think we could consider Mulrooney. I think we could give that a quick debate whether he gets anything out of this. Otherwise it's obviously the only actors who matter are Sweeney and, uh, um, uh, going now,
0: now, but what about Gata Gata was, a, is a, uh, actor slash rapper who yeah. was in Dave, that FX X show. Okay. He would have been the only one for me. Yeah. That, with you.
1: Oh, let's throw him <laughs> in now. Having seen it. Yes. Gata Gata. Okay. I think Gata is worth talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's throw Gata on there. Uh, I'm going to throw Tom Cruise on there. In terms of yeah, Glenn yeah. Powell's star power coming off of uh, Top Gun Maverick. So I want to throw Tom Cruise as someone who deserves some possible money from anyone but you.
0: Now, can we actually take money from certain uh, individuals or organizations here? Can we actually uh, subtract some money? Because. Well, what do you. What do you. What do you. Obviously, would- the Sony promo department the people who promoted uh, this movie originally and we've talked about this on our previous episodes did such a horrendous horrendous job on the job first trailer on the first trailer and then the subsequent yeah. trailer and all of the marketing they sort of lucked into this so can we like take money from their bank account and and uh and give it to some of the other people so we could actually go over 200 million because we're subtracting some money from these marketing <laughs> okay. individuals
1: okay so we'll do we could throw so clay so we could throw um the sony marketers on there i don't want to make them homeless so i don't want to take like i don't want them to be in debt
0: for life you know they don't have to like tithe to us or anything but i do Mm -hmm. think they should they should lose some level of their income for botching this so greatly um (laughs) the other person uh Bill Shakespeare, William Shakespeare, the great Mm -hmm. uh, writer, playwright. He also, I mean, this is based on uh, Taming of the Shrew, right? Is that the one it's based? No, not Taming of the Shrew. Much to do about nothing, right? Yes. Much to do about nothing. Taming of the Shrew was uh, 10 things I hate about you. Uh, So, yeah. So uh, William Shakespeare has to go on here, too, even though the marketing Mm -hmm. team didn't mention it.
2: But then again, I mean, if you think about the the genesis of this, shouldn't he just get all 200 million? <laughs> if there is no Shakespeare, there is no anyone but you, right? He we'll break, we'll, we'll get into
1: that. Mold. I mean, I, I love it. David's going to be fighting for Shakespeare to get his residuals. And, you know, <laughs> no, someone, someone has to. Well, he's, I don't think he's WGA. Hmm. So someone's got to fight for those residuals. <laughs> um, yeah, those are those are some big ones. Um I've got a, I've got one. Oh, go for it. it.
2: Um, I kind got two. One's kind of a joke. One I'm serious about is uh Sam Levinson, Euphoria. Um, oh. yeah. I mean, Great I fun. it's it's kind of the Tom Cruise, right? It's the, it's the opposite uh side of the coin I would say because Sam Levinson with Euphoria, having Sydney Sweeney on that show with her character, like that's what got that's what made her so popular and what and made her kind of the the symbol and the star that she is amongst young people today and and there is no this character in any i don't, I don't even know her name uh this character in anyone but you without that show without the writing from sam levinson uh yes b
1: is who she plays in anyone B, but that's you. right oh yeah, yeah, famously yeah. famously
0: uh, we're more yeah. of a girl's generation i mean you know so we we know all the girls the names of the girls but we're we're
1: not up on the euph- euphoria so um who was who was your other suggestion? And of course, everything is dead serious. Everything's here, dead serious, so who, yeah.
2: Dead serious one is uh Natasha Beddington or uh uh what is her Natasha name? Beddingfield.
0: Uh, Betting Beddingfield
2: <laughs>
0: for unwritten. I love, <laughs> I love that one. I love that one. That that
2: got people back in seats, I would say. That was like the uh the the go see it again in theaters crowd was was because of that song.
1: I, I I think that's great. I mean, Clayton, we talked about that as I was watching this, mm-hmm. you know, that that scene, I think conjures a lot of fond memories, too, for people mm-hmm. of of uh, both that song and the way it's been used in previous blockbuster hits. I mean, I'm going to throw something out there. The movie, There's Something About Mary, I think could get some credit for this movie. Because the box office run of Anyone But You was talked about in such a similar way to the box office run of There's Something About Mary. The B.O. Boys talked about it. That comparison got thrown around a lot. And I think it's a beloved movie. And it's a type of thing. Once you hear the B.O. Boys and other outlets start making that comparison, it's one of the things that got people out to theater. So I just want to throw out. I guess the Farrelly brothers then we'll put the Farrelly brothers slash or something about Mary down as possible benefactors here. Um, you know, you mentioned euphoria. I want to throw out the producers of the film, the voyeurs. Have you ever seen the voyeurs, David? I it haven't No. Amazon original. It was a film Clayton and I saw a few years ago, Sydney Sweeney's in it. Hmm. It was a streamer. So I hate to give theatrical money to a streamer, but I feel like this is a movie that got people excited to pay to see Sidney Sweeney on a larger screen. Oh, interesting. And I, and I think that could be a movie that deserves some credit here. Uh, Clayton, one more thing I want to throw out there, the actress Emma stone, because you talked about the marketing campaign for, uh, anyone, but you specifically the trailer being a disaster. And, Emma Stone, soon after that trailer dropped, dropped a parody of that trailer. Not just Emma think-
0: Stone. You're forgetting someone else here, Pat. You don't want to give Nathan Fielder any money? What's going on here? Anti-Canada? I don't Anti-cringe think- humor?
1: So Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder did a joint parody of Anyone But Use Trailer. But we're talking theatrical dollars. I, I, In this moment in time, at, at this day, I cannot give Nathan Fielder credit for anyone going to see a movie to buy a movie ticket, but Emma Stone obviously is someone who gets people to buy movie tickets, and I think her doing a parody trailer of this movie almost cured the ills that the marketing department created by creating that trailer in the first place. So I think she's someone we've got to put on the list, okay? I, to possibly,
0: I, I mean, I, I think the 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 curse cast parody is what you're saying, and then that money is yes. mostly going to go to Emma
1: Stone, but she'll probably give it to charity because she's a mensch, as we all know. Yeah. So I think that, is there any other elements that people that we think could get any money from this? Clayton, if I missed anyone.
0: I don't think so. I mean, let's just start divvying up. If we come up with something while we're giving this money out, we can throw it out there.
1: But let's start. Let's do it. All right. So, I mean, listen, the big one is going to be Sydney Sweeney. So we're working with $200 How much does she get? I mean- A lot. A lot. (laughs) Does she get- Half, more than half. I mean, I feel like, to me, that's the starting point. You know, we've got a lot of elements that are going to get money here and there, but uh, you ask me, I'm willing to give Cindy Sweeney a hundred plus million dollars.
0: And, and, of course, you've listened to the show, so you know, but just for new listeners who are brought in by our Capes expert, this is, who, who made people see this movie, right? So we're talking yeah. about box office. So it's got to be this element, Drove butts to seats. Yeah. And so we have to start at 50% here. We have to start at $100 million for Sydney Sweeney. At the minimum, that's yeah. what she's worth. Minimum.
2: Yeah. Because I, I think a great way to think about this is imagine it's not Sydney Sweeney, right? Yep. Imagine it is someone else, not as popular, not as in right now. And what does this movie do, even with Glenn Powell? And I think roles reversed. If it's not Glenn Powell and it's someone else there, I think it still could do maybe not not nearly as well, but still pretty good because they have great chemistry. And I think they ended up selling the movie very well just in interviews. Um, but I do think Sidney Sweeney gets, man, I, I, I don't want to be the first one to throw out a number out there, but You're the I think it's like 115. Yeah, um, I, I think that. that's I think that I think that's honestly I think that's deserved. I don't know what percent that works out to, but um, I think that is deserved because Glenn Powell is obviously going to get the next share. But I do think Sydney Sweeney is inherently even in the movie. I would maybe say Glenn Powell is actually a little bit more charismatic, but I do just think the Sydney Sweeney, the social media of it all right. She has all these followers and following and um, she's a hot name. I do think she is the. By far the main reason people went out and saw this movie, and possibly why they went out, which I think is very important to think with this the legs of this film and saw the movie again, right? Who got people to go see the movie again, which are the stars? The stars drive this film, and um good for Sony pictures, I should say, I, I would say, but obviously Sony's not um uh, not exactly patting them on the back for this one. I'm, they just got lucky here. Mm-hmm. S-
1: so internationally this film has made 117 million how about we use that as a number let's give yeah. let's let Cindy Sweeney like have the entire foreign take up to this point of anyone but you and just give her 117 i like that yeah and and, and you know we give it to her in u.s currency she's not going to have to go all over the place doing exchanges and stuff i'm going to give her one seven like or whatever <laughs> right, so she gets one seventeen. So let's move over to the co-star Glenn Powell, who I agree, I think we all agree, if you switched him out, maybe it makes a little less, but it probably doesn't make. You know, we're not looking at a Sydney Sweeney and Liam Hemsworth movie that is made, you know, thirty million at the domestic box office. Um, but. I do do we all agree he should get the second most of anyone else we've named.
0: Yeah, but I, okay, here's my yeah, thing. Here's so. my thought with the Glenn Powell situation. I think Tom Cruise should still get more than Glenn Powell. <laughs> because at this <laughs> okay. point in Glenn Powell's career, his mm-hmm. leading man, butts in the seats, draw power is questionable. Because as we've said, Sydney Sweeney is the reason people went to see this movie, the predominant reason people went to see this movie. She is the star of this movie. I think we'll have a whole different conversation here if this is post-Twisters 2, or Twisters, I'm sorry, Twisters just by itself, and it's a big hit. And Hitman comes out, and I know it's a stream, oh, huh, but people love it and say, this guy's got it, this movie should be on the big screen. Or... A miracle happens, and they and they save this movie from, what is it, Netflix, and put it on the mm-hmm. screen like they did with Monkey Man, like they're doing with Monkey Man.
2: Oh, I'm so excited about that, by the right?
0: way. So oh, that is my thing with Glenn Powell, is that we could go back and look at this conversation that we've had in a year, and two years, and be like, he was this draw. He did deserve this money. But right now, I can't say that if you put another young actor and i always go to austin butler and he's not really known for his comedy but great snl host you put austin butler in this movie it could make the same I mean, or more. more it could yeah. make oh, the it same would,
1: or more. it would make more austin butler is is a bigger star yeah. i mean, he's an oscar nominee he headlined a hit movie so austin butler i think is just that would up the the value. That of his would movie have been wild. <laughs>
0: but um um, uh, what about uh you know Chuckles Mel- Melton, right? I mean that's we've talked about that with Kirk. I mean you put him in this movie, I mean maybe if they have chemistry because we don't know if he would have chemistry with Sidney Sweeney, right? So um, that's the thing here with Glenn Powell is that I do think he deserves money because I think he he did well in this movie. I think his character is a little consistent, but I'm not a critic, huh? Uh, huh. But I do think he gets Tom Cruise gets more because the Maverick boost of people knowing Glenn Powell from Maverick is more important than Glenn Powell actually uh, being in this movie.
1: Do you know what I mean? Well, how about this, Clayton, throw out a number, forget Tom Cruise, throw out a number that you think Glenn Powell deserves. And then I think what we should do is take that number and give slightly more than half to Tom Cruise. So like, Just Glenn Powell's star power right now. How much do you think? Well, no, that that math doesn't work work because Tom Cruise would still need to get more. So uh, what I'm saying is, say, Glenn Powell, say you were to say Glenn Powell's worth 20 million. Cruise gets 11. He gets nine. Oh, so you're splitting
0: it. Okay, Uh, splitting uh, it
1: afterwards. So just forget Cruise for a second. Give us a number of what Glenn Powell brought to this. You're adding
2: the idea of glenn powell through tom cruise right yeah exactly. I, mean,
0: I think twenty. <laughs> exactly. i think 20 is a fair sum i think pat you hit that pretty good because i i would i i don't think there's many other factors that you know deserve a ton of money here so i do think 20 million okay. million's good for the combined glenn powell
1: tom cruise situation so david do you think glenn powell deserves any more than 20 do you have i think 80, it, i think it could him. be more I think it could okay. be more because we
2: have one seventeen down. Um, I don't I just think that I, I I saw I mean, I like Glenn Powell. I guess subjectively I like Glenn Powell. I watched his full like men's health video on YouTube mm-hmm. before seeing the movie. Like, okay.
0: Yeah. I think and
2: I think Oh, I've seen uh, his uh,
0: fridge. I've seen his fridge as well, my yeah,
2: friend. Yeah, yeah. All the
0: he doesn't like he doesn't eat cheese. Doesn't like um, cheese.
2: Or whatever, whatever it was.
0: Yeah. Um Oh no, he loves cheese. Not, I think he loves cheese. Is that and it? I think he loves cheese and it's too like he's like I eat too much cheese. Either he loves it or he hates it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um But I do, and I
2: also the slightly push back. I think in Maverick, you are 100% correct. Cruz deserves the the ratio, but I do think that would maybe up the number here for the mm-hmm. combined is because Powell is so electric as that character in Top Gun Maverick. And he is, you know, uh, scene stealing and scene grabbing and steal steal scenes from Miles Teller in that movie, in my opinion. So I think there is a little more credit to give. And for this, I would maybe just bump it up like 25. Okay. Because that's still still easily the second biggest winner um, and earner of the film. Um, But I don't want it to be like where... It shouldn't be Sidney Sweeney's worth a hundred million more than Glenn Powell, in my in my opinion.
1: So then, if we do that twenty five, then Glenn Powell gets thirteen million, yeah. and Tom Cruise gets twelve million dollars. No, oh, I'm sorry, the other way around. Tom Cruise gets thirteen million, and Glenn Powell gets twelve million dollars. Um, I think that makes yeah, sense. I think that makes sense. So now. We've uh we've accounted for 142 million, so we have 58 million to go. Uh, I'll throw out some ones who could be the next biggest earner: director Will Gluck, original writer Bill Shakespeare um Dermot Mulroney who who there do we think is the number three most I born? do love our or Shakespeare or, I, or Will I,
0: Gluck? I, I I do love that those three people are in a conversation right now only, only yes. on this show there's never been a conversation about Will Gluck, Dermot <laughs> Mulroney is that Dermot and Will, and Will Shakespeare. Shakespeare uh yeah yeah so and gotta and gotta yeah gotta, gotta we,
1: gotta get, we to gotta, 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 gotta get to gotta we'll
0: get to God after we get to William Shakespeare so g- give us a second here I think will william shakespeare i think william shakespeare is yes yeah, shakespeare one. gets the next because you don't yeah. have a script without i mean will gluck has nothing to work with okay see i mean look will gluck did uh EZA and that was scarlet letters so the guy only does the classics um and uh yeah so uh i think that william shakespeare is the next best one
1: okay so we thinking like 10 million for shakespeare you know how much is he getting for this script? Is a hot script going around town. Does he get it 10 million? Um yeah, or or maybe like 8 million. 8 million. Let's give okay. 8
0: to Bill and 2 to you know his friend who helped him. You know, the guy who they think actually wrote that. So <laughs> yeah, right. it kick back to his ghostwriter, right? So let's give him 10, 8 for him. He breaks off a little piece for his buddy, gets the beak wet.
1: I think then that's for Shakespeare to handle on that end. He that's got to go through him. So let's just give Shakespeare that's ten. What, yeah, and if he if he wants to pay his guy, then he could pay his guy. But he's got to do that. He'll, deal. Pay, his guy. Do that He'll pay his guy. So Shakespeare's getting ten. It's like the right. whole uh,
2: Glenn Powell, like you know, sold his Hollywood soul to Tom Cruise di- dilemma. We just broke down a
0: couple minutes
1: mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, Everybody owes it, somebody
0: it, something in Hollywood.
1: Exactly, and so Shakespeare will handle that part. So he got ten. The director of this film, Will Gluck, are we giving him half of that? Are we giving him two million? Does it does he matter at all? Does he get as somebody who recently, in the past
0: six months, watched Fired Up? I will say I just don't see Will Gluck being somebody who made people see this movie no. okay. uh, because he's just not known by a general audience even though he has had hits I mean this is a guy who has had success and he's having success in romantic comedies which was something that was dead and on stream yeah. so he deserves credit in the sort of like creative community and the business community like with us but I doubt regular Joe Blow, Lunch Pail Susie Crocheter said gotta see the next will gluck
2: uh, okay. i think this should be another tandem example but with emma stone uh, because I love it. Yeah. because this should be like three million but 1.4 <laughs> goes to emma stone not only because of EZA, but because of the the mockery right yeah the 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 the, tra- the faux trailer or whatever
0: well mean. here's the thing i love this i love this but i think the mockery makes more than will gluck Oh, okay. So
1: let's separate. I think that. the mockery makes more too. But I, I think you're right. A big part of why Emma Stone probably did this is to help her buddy Will Gluck. That's so let's give okay, let's give 1.5 to Will Gluck. Let's get him something so he, you know, help pay the mortgage and he could direct the sequel. Um, so Emma Stone then, I agree should get twice as much mm-hmm. as Will Gluck. So we're giving her three. Yeah. I, like uh, okay. uh,
0: I think she gets more? more i think she gets more because that was the best marketing pat you said it that was the best marketing this movie had that that got people to go because that was something that they did as a joke that brought that back into people's thought process and they watched the original and then they ended up going to see the movie i think that deserves at least what, what did you say three
1: Well, how about this uh if Will Gluck gets 1.5 she gets 3 times as much she gets 4.5
0: let's just make it 5 come on you're really going to give uh, Well that uh, way I dumb. could also
1: get rid of these halves.
0: Okay you know. fine. You know. All right. By the way, He's I've got a, I've got an
2: X factor here. Uh, oh okay. I love it. I think Jason Momoa deserves some bucks. Because okay. there was absolutely no competition for Christmas this year. And wow. Jason Momoa was supposed to be that, right? Hey, man, if if this was 2015 and this was Star Wars Episode 7, anyone but you completely goes under the radar. And it's not where it is today. People actually went during the holiday season, saw this rom-com, told their friends about Sydney Sweeney. And went back and went back and people saw this movie through February where we are right now. And I think a juggernaut franchise film led by a star that's not Aquaman 2 and Jason Momoa would have smashed this thing before it got off the ground.
0: Wow. I mean, if we're going to go crazy. Just a little bit. Just just
2: something for Jason Momoa.
0: I love this. I love this. This X factor. I mean, can we give money to... Uh, the director of Quantum Mania for killing superhero movies and wow. th- killing all subsequent superhero movies, Peyton Reed. Yeah, <laughs> and listen, I've I, listen. He's a comedy guy. He did a he Bring It On. The guy, you know, a New York comedy guy. So, uh, no, no, I don't have any animosity towards him. But the fact that that movie really turned the worm on superhero movies made Aquaman. Which was should have been a surefire hit, because it's got James Wan and Momoa and it was a billion dollar baby, the first one, to did okay,
2: no competition
0: yeah. for yeah. this movie.
1: All right, it was so
2: not then... the giant walking behind, right? It wasn't this big thing that just completely took over theaters. It simply wasn't. You know, anyone but anyone but you was more talked about um over the last few months.
0: Although I will say, Sisters came out the same time that the the first star wars uh what would you call it i guess the seven yeah chapter seven or episode seven and it did pretty good so i do think we live in a different climate so maybe that you know counter programming doesn't necessarily work as well as it used to but uh, there is a possibility that a big movie can
1: raise all boats so so Jason Momoa, Peyton Reed, given the money for collapsing superhero movies, so that anyone but you could have a clear runway. Do they just get five million each? We can't get each. we can't give them five. We can't give them more than Stone. Okay, so two million apiece. How's that? Break them off two. So they each get two million Guns to spare. help the collapsing superhero movies. So we're up to about one sixty-two. So we've got thirty-eight million to play with. Let's okay. get to Gata. We got to get to Gata. So Clayton, would, who wants to make their case for Gata and why he's got the, yeah, the young, the young buck has to, the young man
0: himself, okay. David Thompson. You, you, you're you the, you're the generation. You're the Gata generation.
1: Yeah. We're of course, Gen X. So well, you're a Gata millennial. Generation. So
0: you're more of a kid yeah, cutty yeah. generation.
1: Sad when Kobe died.
0: Well, I just thought you're a yet. baby. That's why you're crying.
2: Watching anyone but you, I thought Goda gave the third most tantalizing experience. Right? Uh, okay. Interesting, charismatic, or, or you know, charismatic uh, to watch on screen. So I would say a touch below Emma Stone for Gata, Um, because I don't, I don't think it's as much as Emma mm-hmm. Stone. But what did we give Emma Stone? Uh, we
1: gave Emma Stone four and a half million. So okay. You so you think so, gada has
0: got to get f- four. No, I'd say like two. Yeah, because Goda gets two. Because I think okay. we're we're going under the assumption that people knew that Goda was going to be in this and went to exactly. see it. So exactly, and there, there, I think there might have been yeah. a, a you know two million dollars worth of those people
1: that did agreed. Um, let's anything for Dermot Mulroney. No, does anyone? No. I don't think so. I really You don't, don't think, think he so. was a, a calming presence maybe for some of the older people who went cuz it was a quarter just, of a million um, maybe. <laughs> quarter we're going to a quarter of Okay. That <laughs> hates that. That's <laughs> <laughs> not going like to like that. No, no, we could do. We could You do hate that when I
0: do friend. that. Uh, listen, he's uh, giving you preferential uh, treatment, Dave, cuz he likes I you. Mean, he likes I, you. He doesn't like me.
1: <laughs> oh, I like him much more than you, of course. Of course. <laughs> um okay so he gets 0. 0.25 million so <laughs> it's gonna make um it's a mess <laughs> no we'll figure it out okay Natasha Benning, natasha Benning that's
0: a big one i think actually we sort of slept on that more than, as a big more one. than gotta more than yeah g- more than gotta i would yeah. say so more this, than that
2: four million range yeah this was i mean i think we could go
1: higher years. this is
2: maybe okay this, yeah
1: well go for it. what Were you gonna say there david i was just gonna
2: say that like uh, we talked about Gada getting two million dollars worth of people like to go see the film without knowing what it is. I think this song was getting people back in theaters to
0: watch it. I that's exactly what I was gonna say because the thing about uh-huh. this movie that's interesting with divvying up the millions is that we're not talking about opening weekend. We're not talking no. about the first right. two weekends and then it starts making piddly money. We're talking about a movie that was DOA that we right. we said I said was DOA. And then it started moving forward and making money in that there's something about Mary sort of way. And what were the elements that did that? And I think you nailed it in that this is a song that people either love guiltily or just love genuinely. It brings them back to their childhood. It is a song that is fun and uplifting and you can dance to it as we've seen from the credits. So I think this is a big driver for this movie. Yeah, it's
2: exactly that return that return to seats because it makes you feel. Even if the movie is is what it is, it's a rom com. It's pretty straightforward. This little twist and element at the end it makes you feel happy leaving the theater, yes. and that's what many people want. You know, at the end of the day, right? Um, like you want to feel something, and some people do not always want to feel happy, but you want to feel something, and this made you feel this like jubilation happiness upbeat, where it's like i'm having fun i'm gonna blast this in the car on the drive back home and in a month i'm gonna see nothing's in theaters in january (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then go see anyone but you
0: again and have another great time and leave the theater dancing yeah Yeah, pat you said that when you saw it the other night
1: i mean listen (laughs) i didn't love this movie it to me wasn't as i mean it wasn't very funny and you know but 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 you're not a critic huh and I love, and I love Sidney Sweeney watching her two hours. Great. Great. And Glenn Powell was fun to watch and Goda, of course. But when this song played at the end and you're cutting to all the cast singing to it, and we're going back to these different scenes from earlier in the movie, but now instead of the scene playing out, they're singing the song. And of course it, it just immediately brings back. Uh, uh, buttercup from there's something about Mary and the casting that at the end. And it just makes you leave with a good feeling dance out of the aisle, dance out of the theater. And that's the type of thing that gets people to come back in. So all that said, I think this could be, this could be bigger than Shakespeare. I think Natasha Benningfield Unwritten gets eleven million. if Shakespeare got ten, I think this gets eleven. I would go
0: as high as fifteen
1: so now you're going at that point we're going higher than the Glen Powell's portion of yeah it. Of course, the has got
0: thirteen okay well then um, maybe that's a little bit crazy
1: or Glenn Powell
0: gets a little bit more
2: yeah, that's what I'm trying to th- I don't have the numbers in front of me, but i'm trying I'm starting to think Cruz we could get and Glenn
0: Powell Powell and
1: Cruz may need more yeah.
0: So let's get let's let's stick with Beddingfield, uh Natasha getting fifteen. I, I like
2: fifteen. F- talking okay. it through, I'm confident in that number, honestly. And then let's so then.
1: do the, the more for Cruz and Powell. Okay, let's give them five million more apiece. Yeah. So let's bring Cruz up to 18 million and then Glenn Powell goes up to 17 million. No, no, um other way. Tom Cruise Eight, is eighteen, and 18 70, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're and right, you're right, you're one pal right, seventeen, right. Million. Right, you're right. Um, so then that's 174, and we've given so now we're up to one uh eighty-nine point two five. And I'll double check that math, but I point think correct one eighty-nine point two five. So we're gonna have to give someone a point seven five. Yeah, suit. I love how he's um, acting
0: like he's not mad that that .25 is there. He's you're doing <laughs> such no, a I good love job. I love of, you don't love it. You fucking hate it, and you know it.
1: <laughs> I, I love it because it's it's gonna lead to something great. So, Sam Levinson and The Voyeurs, you know, I, two I think... properties that really made people love Sydney Sweeney. Um, David, you're the one who brought up Sam Levinson. What do you think he gets here? I think, individually,
2: I think individually he could get the 0. 0.75. I think that's perfect.
1: You, 0.75 for Sam Levinson. Because I agree. I think, uh, you know, he helped for sure. But also, we don't want to pay this guy that no. much of anyone. But yeah. No. And that's but kind of something. a. He yeah. gets up. Yeah. It's kind, kind of like, like a You, you get less than
2: a million. Everyone else is getting all these numbers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Almost giving him that little. Is an insult, which is kind of what he deserves, but he also deserves 750 grand.
2: And then he sees Sydney Sweeney's check and he's like, wait.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a great moment. That's a great moment when they both go to the bank on the same day. Mm-hmm.
2: And he's like, Euphoria season three. And then him, and then Sydney Sweeney, Zendaya, and Jacob Elordi all look at him like, Yeah. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. And they just smack him in the face with these big. Yeah,
2: guys. yeah, yeah. They're huge checks. Go make another. Go make another uh, show with the weekend. Have fun. Oh, this time, this time, put Gata in it. Yeah.
1: You know he he's not gonna be able to get Gata. The Voyeurs, uh, Clayton. We saw this film together. How much credit do you think this gets for getting people to the box office? I don't think I think it's something. It is. I, think it's I, I mean, listen, it's something, but
0: it's it's really it it, it uh Those are the ticket buyers that did not want to be known. Those were the ticket buyers in the long coats. Those are the ticket buyers who went and I feel like maybe said one for a different movie. They were like one for Aquaman and then they snuck into anyone but you. Okay. There's some shame involved, I feel like, here. So I'm not going to give that.
1: Those are the ticket buyers that went to the theater maybe with dark sunglasses on and a wool knit cap well, when they went to the theater. And if, if you're watching our show on YouTube instead of just on the podcast feed, you know what I mean Don't take, when I say that. Don't
0: take your anger I'm just promoting about the I'm just promoting fractions the and decimals feed. out on me here,
1: pal. I'm just promoting subscribe to the B.O. Boys on YouTube so you can see certain people were in dark dark shades what are you fucking
0: 200 years old um i think that voyeurs should should have gotten more money but people did not pay to see this movie because of voyeurs they snuck in or said they went to see a different movie so i would say um I think two million. Yeah, Voyeurs doesn't get two million. That's
1: insane. 1 million. one million, one million. It's got to get one, one million. million. By the way, okay.
0: I
2: I think not to throw a wrench in this. Uh, Voyeurs is one. I think the movie Reality, which is um a Sydney mm-hmm. Sweeney, she, she's the main character, is an HBO movie. I think deserves an equal uh part okay of Voyeurs. I, I think it should be a million too because that to me when I watched that. Uh, film it's it's really excellent one day she played it's a very like serious film it's like a totally different role that i'd ever seen her in that sold me that she actually has legit acting chops and i think for some other people that could have been as well because it was relatively popular on hbo when it initially came out based on a true story like just like a, a very almost documentary kind of ish but uh recreation of that
0: yeah okay great let's give reality some dough
1: Let's give it another million there so and then we're up to 192. Um so and you know what? I'll say this. My wife, my wife really did enjoy that film reality on HBO and remarked Sydney Sweeney was good in that. And I think that's a kind of performance that maybe you got your voyeurs people who go see it to see Sidney Sweeney in one light. And then you got other people who saw reality and they said, oh, she's a good actress. Let me go see this. So yeah, a million apiece there. So
0: what's left? Um, I think Farrelly's is the one we really have to talk about because, Okay, again, so the
1: Farrelly brothers, something about Mary. This movie had a lot of comparisons. And, and, yeah, we've got eight million to play with and we still have the Farrelly's and the four minutes of bonus porno footage.
0: Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I think so. Here's my, here's my bid for the... Here's my bid for the, these remaining two. You got to give a million dollars per, per minute of porno footage. Even if the it's not real, the perceived mm-hmm. value mm. of porno footage in this movie would be worth a million dollars per minute. Okay. Four for the porno footage. And then I do think four for Fairley Brothers... Split between the two of them, of course, they take care of that two, two and two. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. they want to do, who knows where they are right now, yeah. because they're separated, like all the these brothers are doing for some reason. I think that this is another factor like the bettingfield song factor, is that they heard Mendelssohn, they heard David Thompson, they heard Jeff Bach, they heard all the pundits talking about something about Mary. And they wanted to be part of this phenomena, And I think mm-hmm. we also uh, can be... This is a win for us. This money, we will never see it. But this money is also for us, the B.O. pundits who put this out into the universe, that this was something akin to something about Mary.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's I like that. totally fair. $4 million for the Farley brothers, some uh, Mary connection. Um, Clayton now you wanted to take away money from the Sony because of the Sony marketers, what are you taking away?
0: right? Well, now? Well let's say how many how many marketers do you think they have going there right? Could we take oh dozens dozens okay so there's dozens. So uh, you don't have to do this math super accurately but I do think we take a million from them. Um, and that's like a piece from each of them. So it could be 250 grand from this one and whatever. Right. So like, or, or 10 grand, like, I think
1: whatever the group is, they have, they're all, they're all given back like a month. They have
0: to pony up a million dollars altogether.
1: Yeah. They got to figure it out. They got to figure it out. They got to figure it out.
0: And so that money, then I do think will go back (laughs) into the kitty. And I think that money should go to, uh, Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney, who had to stomach doing this bad marketing for their film. So
1: let's let's be to Sydney Sweeney then. Let's just give it to Sydney Sweeney. Might as well. Um, okay, so this is what we have, guys. Sydney Sweeney, with that extra million that the Sony marketers who created the trailer have to pay directly to her, she now gets $118 million. Worth every penny. The next highest is Tom Cruise has made $18 million off of Anyone But You uh, for making Glenn Powell into a star. Natasha Benningfield, for her song, gets $15 million. Glenn Powell gets $17 million. Bill Shakespeare gets $10 million for writing the original screenplay. Emma Stone gets $4.5 million for their trailer parody. Director Will Gluck gets one and a half million. Gata gets two million. Jason Momoa gets two million. Peyton Reed gets two million. Dermot Mulrooney gets (laughs) $250,000. Sam Levinson. Wait, when
0: did we agree uh, to that?
1: 0.25 million.
0: Okay, just to make you, okay, I understand why you did
1: it. Yeah, gets $250,000. Disagree. Sam Levinson gets $750,000. The producers of the film The Voyeurs get a million dollars. The producers of the film Reality get one million dollars, all part of making Sidney Sweeney a star. The Farrelly brothers get four million dollars for the something about Mary buzz that this film had. The four minutes of extra porno footage that ran in the last couple of weekends of theatrical contributed four million dollars. And then, of course, that brings up to 201 million. And then we go back to 200 million because the Sony marketers had to pony up a million dollars to Sydney Sweeney. So we did it, guys. We divvied up the millions, the 200 million worldwide. uh, It's a great list. It's a great list. And everyone, I think you you send this around to all the management, all the accountants, they're going to say, nailed it. Mm -hmm. Nailed it. Yep. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Um, all right. On that note, David, talk to us about your current project, cinema spending, the direct podcast, where can people find you? And listen, you showed it here tonight. You're the money guy. When it comes to movies, you know, your money. So where can people follow you? Get more of this kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. First off, for having me, this has been an absolute blast. You guys can find me at The Direct Podcast, which uh, you guys can watch or listen to, I should say, every Monday, uh, me, Matt Remkey, dive into all the universes that you love, so Marvel, Star Wars, DC, and we've expanded a lot. We're talking Dune now, because Dune is releasing in theaters, and we are so excited about that. Wednesdays. Not every Wednesday, but Wednesdays, I drop cinema spending. Since revitalizing it, I've basically done it only solo, which has been really fun for me. Um, where basically I go on there and rant for about 20 minutes or so. Sometimes cut it down a little bit. But it's a lot of fun talking to the box office and typically picking out one specific topic to cover. Over on the direct.com, that's where you can find my writing if you want to check any of that out. I'm writing articles pretty much every single day. Um, about the entertainment industry, uh, from stuff on the BO Boys box office to technology and video games. So it's a lot of fun. But uh, thank you guys again so much for having me.
1: So, of course, listen to, follow, read David on all those outlets. Of course, you could email the BO Boys at the BO podcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. We'll get to some more of those on our Thursday preview episode, uh, which on that episode, we're going to have another special guest. We're going to have Danny Eskimalaji of iScreen, You Scream, 4, number four. Number four movies. And we're going to be talking Dune 2. Very exciting, his most anticipated uh, uh, movie of the year. So that's going to be huge. And we'll get some more emails there. The BO Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at the BO Boys Pod. Wanna BO senior intern Christopher. Killing it running our socials, our TikTok, our Twitter acts, all the video clips on YouTube. So follow us there. Read our Substack. O Junior Intern Jack has brought back the Substack. He's writing two to three articles a week, weekend summaries, previews, his thoughts on historical box office movies. You got to subscribe to the BO Boys Substack. Follow us on YouTube. Listen, if you only listen to the podcast, you're getting only half the story. You are not seeing the shades, the walnut cap, Clayton's whole wardrobe. You got to watch us on YouTube in order to get all that. Clayton, I am just plugging our YouTube channel, sure. yep. trying to monetize, you know, so it's for the good of the show. So watch us on YouTube, uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts. give five stars to the direct podcast, to cinema spending and the BO boys. Just do it all one afternoon. Sit down with a bowl of rice and a sandwich, whatever you want to eat, and then just give five stars to all these podcasts. A bowl
0: of rice and a sandwich. What is your <laughs> yeah, diet? Odd, odd combo. So <laughs> carb heavy.
1: <laughs> For marathon mean, need, meal, right yeah, there.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm people need the energy to give. It's. An, I'm just. I'm not saying give five stars to just one podcast. I'm saying you got to do three. Yeah, that's a great. So point. carbo load and then it's an afternoon of given five-star reviews to all of our podcasts, and uh, yeah, guys, I think that's it. I think we've done it. Oh, uh,
0: there can't be anything left to say. No, nothing. Except for, until next time, Well, will smell you. you.